Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 12 of the Jetman with a Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing really well, Matt. I just put some Tesla bracers on a t- set of T-60 power armor that I got from the Brotherhood of Steel. So, uh... Sounds like a nice kind of a big deal. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punched a super mutant behemoth to death. Life is good. And really, what, what better ways can you spend your Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday? Is there a better way to spend a day than electro-punching super mutants? Well, there's one way, Dave. And uh, we're way. about to get into it. Dave, and one way only. <laughs> today, uh, we are watching episode 12. It is called Hellbound Bus. But before we get into it... Please tell me this is Bus Dimension. Uh, we have... Our award-winning opening segment, Dave, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. And before we get into it, I would like to point out that last week I listened to the episode and our opening segment was half an hour long. So maybe Whoa. let's try to uh, let's try to pick up the pace this week, Dave. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. Uh, what is our first star of the week? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I like how you very smoothly alighted over slash ignored my earnest plea for bus dimension. Uh, but... But that aside, our first star map is Thanksgiving. We had it. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, to yeah, both happy you and happy everyone out there in listener land. Um, I, I mean, if you're not from America or Canada, we do a thing. You've probably heard of it. You probably don't care. You know, some I have heard that other people also do Thanksgiving, but not like, not like in an official way. It's just sort of like like the the Thanksgiving idea has spread to other countries and they just kind of do it, but not really. It's sort of weird. I don't know. I Maybe remember uh, the time that I was living in France and I was a teacher and I was trying to explain to my students like what th- what the deal was with Thanksgiving and what we did and the food that we ate and the whole shebang. Like none of my students could possibly care less. And... Uh, <laughs> And I talked to all of the other teachers who are either American or Canadian, and they were like, yeah, we tried the same thing to the exact same result. Like, they just, just like, do just not zero. care. zero. Huh. Like, why are you celebrating, like, a meal that you eat? I mean, it's a good it's meal, like the, but, like... Yeah, it's a really good one, though. Yeah, I think that's the problem, is that they have never had that meal. Right. So, we had Thanksgiving. We had it at our friend Bill and Jen's house, and uh, Jen wanted to host Thanksgiving this year. She had never done it before. I don't think she'd ever even cooked a turkey before. And uh, oh, really? she did a real bang-up job. Everything was delicious. Yeah, it was great. I yeah. had, I did not know that they had never hosted Thanksgiving before. No, no, no. Well, they... I, mean, um, I guess that makes sense. I've known them since before they were married, and I've never went to Thanksgiving at their house. I was going to say. <laughs> well, they got married around the same time Beth and I did. And uh, Beth and I often host Thanksgiving. And so they had never done it. They were like, we'd like to... Do Thanksgiving. We we're like, all right, cool. That's that's rad. Um, yeah, everything was rad. We hung out like all day, played games, watched a terrible Thanksgiving movie. Oh, it's the worst. Sort of. 
I actually slept through almost all of it. Uh, I think you got the better end of that deal because I did yeah, not sleep I through Thanksgiving, and I regret it. <laughs> um, we brought, I brought rather uh, stuffing. I brought our stuffing. Well, I mean, so the our our family's stuffing recipe is the best, and I know listeners that you think that that might not be the case. Right. Um, this has been independently verified. We, like, I, okay, listen, I think my mom is a great cook. Our mom is a great cook. Um, but I am not one of those dudes who's just like, my mom is the best cook on, on the planet and, like, nobody else compares. Like, mom is a very, mom is a very good cook. Agreed? Oh, very much. Yeah. But there's, like, three things that uh, that mom does that, like, are, like, nobody beats it. And it's Thanksgiving style stuffing, uh, meatballs, meatballs, and meatloaf. Actually, is my third thing. Uh, if I only had to pick two, though, it would be the stuffing and the meatloaf. And like, I'm not gonna ha- like. I I don't care about. You could have the recipe. Like you listeners could have the recipe. I just feel like it would be kind of boring to hear on air. But I'll post it to Facebook. You can have it. Listen, here's the deal. Like we bring stuffing places. And people would be like, oh, no, like, I'll bring stuffing, too. And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Just, like, like I try not to be a jerk about it. <laughs> right, it's like, it's, it is okay if you also bring your stuffing, but I will be like, eating I my just, stuffing. Right. Like, I just want to let you know that I will also bring stuffing, and it's going to be better than yours. Like, that's just, like, it's just a fact of the universe. I don't know. Grandma got the recipe like, we can't be the only people who eat it, because my grandmother, it's my grandmother's recipe, and she got the recipe from, like, like the newspaper or something in, like, 19... Uh, but it's just the best. I actually... <laughs> did I tell you this? I don't think I did. I sent the recipe to my father-in-law, because he was like, oh, we're not having Thanksgiving together, but, like, why don't you send us a recipe of, like, something that's sort of special for your Thanksgiving... And, and like, we'll make that. Okay. So that it's sort of like we're having Thanksgiving together. And also Beth's family does like an oyster stuffing and they were having guests, like in-law guests uh, that don't like oysters. They're like, well, we need a different kind of stuffing. I was like, oh, have this recipe. Uh, And they made it. (laughs) And her dad, Russell, was just like, I'm not sure how it's so good because the ingredients are like bread, celery, onions, uh, mushroom sausage. Like, that's it. He's like, I'm not really sure why it's as good as it is, but, like, everybody went nuts for it, and they're just making it every year now. Like, it is part of their Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah, it is. Listen, it's that good. Listeners, it's great. Uh, I, I feel like at this point we are in danger of belaboring <laughs> the point, but... Uh... Um, I've got more downstairs, actually, because I made extra to have for later. So I've got like a whole pan of it downstairs. I think I'm going to actually eat it after we're done with this because now I'm like I'm up to gruffle some stuffing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, Thanksgiving was awesome. Thanks to everybody who was involved. And we hope that you listeners also had a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And now it's Christmas season. We got some Christmas decorations going on. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've started it's decorating. Awesome. I've got my, got my little... Got my little like ceramic old school tree with like the light bulb that on guy. the inside with like the Is little this the one that grandma had, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing's awesome. Uh, but anyways, okay, 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 okay. Uh, what Matt is our second 
star of the week. Okay, Dave. Our second star of the week is Thanksgiving Adjacent. Okay. Uh, it is a podcast, a new podcast. All right. Uh, it is a joint venture from uh, the guys at the podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time. The podcast oh, yeah, we've where they about watch. Them before, right? Yeah, we've talked about that one before. The one where they're watching. Previously, it had been uh, Grown Ups Two once a week, now every it's... week, and now it's Sex into the City Two. Right. Every week yeah. for a year. Um, but Ooh. this is something that they're doing with the brothers from My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Uh, they're doing it once a year on American Thanksgiving. Uh, and they are watching Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Uh, and they are discussing it. And the <laughs> podcast is called Till Death Do Us Blart. Um, and it is amazing. The Dude, idea is that they're uh... going to do it like once a year, every year, until the end of linear time. Because once one of them dies, they will be replaced by someone else to keep okay. the podcast going on its I annual trajectory. That. Um, Dude, that's a uh, that's yeah. a comedy powerhouse right there. Yeah, you guys that should is, all listen to it. That is five very funny dudes. I do not have a ton to say about it, except that it's super funny and you should go listen to it after you are done listening to this. But yeah, that's it. That's the second star. Listen to <laughs> Death to Us Blart. It's hilarious. Uh, Dave, what is our third star of the week? Ooh, okay. So our third star of the week is at the aforementioned uh, Thanksgiving day, I guess, because it wasn't actually dinner. It was like while we were hanging out beforehand. We were like, oh, let's like get some drinks. And you and I and some other friends were in the middle of playing a game. And so our sister, Katie and my wife, Beth, were like, well, we'll pop out and we'll get like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, just grab me, because I'm a scotch guy. Like, I like, that's kind of my, like, tipple of choice, uh, which I know that you know, but I'm just sort of stating for the record. And so I was like, hey, just give me a bottle of this, like, fairly cheap, but still, like, palatable scotch, just to sort of, like, nurse on all day, right? Yeah. And so she, Beth, my wife, comes, she goes into the store, and then she comes back, and I see like from the bag that she's holding that she has not one but two bottles uh and i was like hmm, seems like overkill what? seems like too much i only you know like i could hold my liquor but that seems like a lot i don't think we're going to uh, finish a bottle today <laughs> right i was like not on my docket uh nor did i turkey, i just want to be very clear so anyway she's just like so i got you a little present like a happy Thanksgiving Day present. Because Beth is a very, like, she's like a present person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, some people, like, if you forgot their birthday, or you just, like, called them and wished them, like, a happy birthday, and they were like, they'd be like, oh, that's great. Uh, and they never buy you anything. And that's fine with them. Like, that's just not who they are. Uh, Beth is, like, the opposite of that. She's just like, I saw this, and I bought you a present. It's like a, she's like a present person. But anyways, uh, so she got me... A bottle of Glenlivet 18, which uh, it was on sale, I guess. I didn't know that that was a thing that went on sale. But yeah, so she bought me a bottle of Glenlivet 18. Uh, I poured like a tiny bit to have, and I poured you some as well. It was amazing. It's it's amazing. Like, it's crazy good. Uh, it's, I don't know, man. It's, like, peppery, but smooth, and it's got, like, a real 
richness. Like this isn't like a scotch podcast, uh, but my wife got me a bottle of crazy good scotch and it's delish. That's all I have to say about that. I'm just a man who appreciates fine scotch. Okay. Which, actually, let me talk about scotch for a second. Just for like, okay, more than like literally a second. But anyway, okay. So here's the thing about scotch. Like, I love scotch. scotch of course. Scotch, scotch, It goes down, right? We've, I love we have scotch. discussed this I'm at length fan. on numerous episodes of this show. Right. Uh... But like, there's like a we, there's like a thing attached to scotch, and it's not so much that like, is that people are like, uh, you know, you drink scotch if you're a man. It's sort of like if you drink anything but scotch, you're sort of like, like a weird. I don't know. Like you're just not like a real man. Uh, let me go on record as a scotch guy saying that is nonsense. You drink whatever you want. If you like scotch, that's rad. If you taste scotch once and you're just like, this isn't my scene, forget it. You can be whoever you want. You don't have to drink scotch. Just a word this of This has affirmation. been a public service announcement from the Super <laughs> Sentai Brothers. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, drink a girl drink. See, even that. I'm, I'm brainwashed myself. You like, don't brainwash yourself, Dave. Yeah, man. Uh, I've bought into the cultural hegemony. How's that for a statement? Uh, yeah, so drink whatever you want. But seriously, if you are going to drink scotch, just buy good scotch. Like, it's so... Like, it's so worth it. Like, just buy good scotch. Uh, that's it, Matt, on our third star of the week. Shining in the heavens, there are two stars left. What, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week is our brief... Spoiler-free discussion about uh, the newest Marvel Netflix series, uh, Jessica Jones. Oh my gosh, it's so good! Now I I have watched the whole thing. Have you yet? Oh did, no, I'm like I'm like three episodes in. Okay, I I'll probably watch more tonight to be honest. But no, I'm three episodes in right now. I I kind of watched it all in one day last weekend, so I can't remember what had happened up to the third episode. Uh, I I don't want to say. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, just general impressions, Dave. What do you think? It's it's killer. It's so good. Like, I, I expected it to be good. Like, my expectations for it were very high, given uh, not actually based at all on the Marvel... Well, okay, based somewhat on the Marvel movies, but based basically on Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil was so crazy good. Oh, Daredevil uh, was out of this world good. And you know what? Yeah. I remember when the uh, when the Defenders series were first announced for the Netflix runs. At first, my thought was like, "Oh, that's a little disappointing that instead of getting like a full movie, they're getting relegated to like a TV miniseries." And then I watched those TV miniseries, and like. I think that that might be like the best format for superhero film stuff. Seriously, it's the golden age of television, man. Um, I just keep hearing people say that, and so I say it whenever I can. But it's true; these shows are so good. Um, yeah, Jessica Jones is crazy good. It stars Kristen Ritter, who I really like. Um, I really like her in a dramatic role. I've seen her mostly before in comedies, and she is very funny. Uh, but it's a dramatic role, and I think she's knocking it out of the park. 
I think what really uh, what really sort of surprised me about it is how much of an ensemble show it is. It very much is. She is not alone in this show, which is great. And everyone I, else in it is super good. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to talk like I don't want to talk too much about the supporting cast because we did promise that we would try and keep it spoiler free, but the supporting cast is great. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, like everyone knows that Luke Cage is in this show and Luke Cage is great. I actually did not know that Luke Cage was going to be in this show. Oh, really? No. Well, I knew that he was getting his he was going to have his own like miniseries run. And so I didn't know if they were going to be like pulling him in on earlier stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, My you know, it's a Jessica was, Jones show, so it makes sense to have him like in yeah, there. It, yeah, like when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's obviously Luke Cage. And then he was like, sweet Christmas. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, clearly. Um, I mean, I knew that beforehand, but he said it. And I was like, yes. And Beth was like, is that like a thing that he says? I was like, yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting him just because, like I said, like there's going to be a whole other Luke Cage show. Not that I'm complaining. The no. more Luke Cage I have in my life, the happier I am. Oh, absolutely. we got to maximize the Luke Cage possibilities here. Yeah, definitely. Am I slightly disappointed that it is not like the jive-talking Luke Cage from the 70s? I would be lying if I said I wasn't. Listen, you know, do we but, all want the chain belt in the tiara? Yes, of course we do. Of course. Of course we do. Of course we do. Uh, that would be a very different show that probably would not tie into the other Marvel properties super well. Uh, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Although I cannot imagine this Luke Cage stealing a fantastic car, flying to Latveria, breaking down a wall and demanding his like $300 from Dr. Doom. I just don't see this version of Luke Cage doing that, and that's a cry and shame. No, a uh, quick point of order. I think it was 200 Was it 200 <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm not looking it up right now. Anyway, it's, it's kind of hard to say anything else about the show without going into specifics. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, I feel like really they... Good. It's, um, it's a really cool take on the character of Jessica Jones, I think. As is it as it is a cool take on the character of Luke Cage. Like they're very, they're definitely who they are, uh, but it's not the it's not like the straight up comic book version of those characters, which I think, and I've said it before, I think is one of the great things that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing is that they're recognizable characters enough that like if you dig the comic books, you'll be like, oh yeah, like Luke Cage, awesome. But if you don't read the comic books, it's not like this weird impenetrable haze that's like completely un, un, non-understandable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So that's really it. Uh, but Jessica Jones is fantastic. I'm just, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's that's really great. Go ahead and watch it unless you have a kid in the room, in which case, <laughs> yeah, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Oh, yeah. Heads up. If you haven't watched it, uh, it's, it gets kind of like it's definitely a grown up show. Like. Okay. It's just definitely yeah. for grown-ups. So, Dave, <laughs> uh, our fifth star of the week uh, is going to be a real brief one. I was watching uh, something the other day, and a commercial came on for the video game Star Wars Battlefront, which I don't have. I don't have a system that can play it. Uh, I'm not going to play it for a very long time, if ever. But I but. saw this commercial, and it was perfect and evil. Okay? Okay. So, evil. You got you to gotta expand that one a little bit. Well... It was just so perfectly like, hey, here's a thing. You want to buy it. Like, let us play with your emotions until you, like, leave your house right now and go to the store. 
Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. So it's this guy like sitting alone at his desk at the office. Like there's no one else in the room. Maybe he's working late. Maybe it's a weekend. And he starts to daydream about like himself as a like a little kid, like playing with Star Wars toys and pretending to be like an X fighter, like an X wing fighter pilot in like a souped up box car that's going down a hill. And it's like okay. him like nostalgically remembering all of his childhood Star Wars memories. Okay. And yeah, then that sounds like bad so far. And then like this X Wing like flies up to the window of his office and like the window breaks and the cockpit opens on the X Wing and it's him sitting in the fighter pilot like the cockpit, like as the dude, and he like gets up out of his desk and jumps out the window into the X Wing and flies away. And I was just like, oh. oh, yeah, like you are playing on the emotions of all people who wanted to like fly X Wings as a child. And who are now about my age and working in jobs and would much rather be home playing video games. Yeah. Like, okay. it was perfect. Oh, I just found it. I found it. I'm going to watch it when we're done with this. It sounds like an awesome commercial. Uh, it was. But evil. it was also just like, you monsters. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Anyway. Those memories are sacred. Uh, so, uh. that's it. We're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 12. It is called The Hellbound Bus. Dave, I guess, is also going to watch a Star Wars commercial. And we'll be yep. right back. All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode twelve, the Hellbound Bus, and before we get <laughs> we into sure it, did. Uh, and this is something I think this is the first time we've ever had to do this on the Super uh, Sunday yeah. Brothers. But um, I'm going to offer a brief content warning. Um, uh, this episode deals with. Uh, not extensively, but there's a character in this episode, uh, and there's a bit of suicide talk. And I know that some people are very sensitive about that sort of thing. Uh, if you are, it's going to come up in the episode. It's not like a central component of it, but it is sort of a run, like a, a through line to it. Yeah. Uh, so if that, you know, if that is not something you want to listen to, uh, I totally understand. We'll see you next week. Um, otherwise, let's get into it. So, Dave. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Let's... wait, Matt. Sorry. First of all, before we actually talk about uh, Trojan Sentai Jetman, there's something I wanted to bring up real briefly. So I did watch that commercial, okay. uh, the Star Wars one that you're talking about. And I want to point out it's actually eviler than you initially said. How is that even because, possible? Because you know how you said like the, at the end of the commercial, the X-Wing pulls up and it's him and then he jumps in the X-Wing? It's not yeah. actually him. In the commercial, like the dude has like a super best friend who is also a huge Star Wars nerd, and they've been best friends since childhood. And when the X Wings pull up, his friend is in one, and then the other one is empty. So it's like his childhood best friend beckoning him to come, like, live out their shared dream of being X Wing pilots. Uh,. Screw you, Star Wars Battlefront. I don't need that in my life. I mean, I do need that game Except in my I life. Except I do so bad. But. I super need it. Uh, okay, but. Okay, so episode 12, The Hellbound Bus. Hellbound Bus. Uh, so, it opens with Raita and Kauri on the aforementioned bus. And Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It opens with like a, an establishing shot of like the Japanese countryside. And I was pretty sure, and then it's confirmed, that we see Raita's farm. 
So it's this sort of idyllic pastoral, uh, you know, scene. And uh, Dave, what else do we see in there? Then we also see some gravestones and like some like arm bones and some skulls. And then I thought at first they were snakes, but they're not. They're just like they're vines that look like snakes. It, you know what it looks like? Yeah, it looks weird like the evil vines. swamp from that episode of Die Ranger where um, Zydos goes to like create that dark crystal that transforms Jin into yeah, like a monster. It would also be a, I feel like it would also be appropriate for like the never-ending story or labyrinth maybe. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's sort of the vibe that it's giving off. Anyway, there's a long, so, there's a lingering establishing shot on this like evil swamp, and then the title card comes up yeah. and says, "Well, actually, the translation we watched said a bus ride to hell, but the I think the official title of it is the Hellbound Bus." It works either way. I feel like both get the message across. You know, uh, you're on a bus. It has a very specific destination, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we see this bus driving by, and we zoom into the bus, and we have Raita and Kauri on the bus in. Like flannel plaid work clothes, I guess, and vests, uh, right? And hats, and hats. For, I don't, whatever. Uh, it's like it's kind of like a weirdly sporty hat that Raita has on for the rest of his outfit, but whatever. It's sort of jaunty, uh, yeah, yeah. It's jaunty. Uh, Raita is, of course, <laughs> color coded in yellow plaids, and right. Kauri, the white swan, is of course color coded, wearing all red for no reason. Who knows? Uh, maybe she is subconsciously dressing herself in red as a way to attract Ryu, because she's super into Ryu, as we will continue to see. So, Raita has packed a lunch. And Kauri's like, oh my gosh, these are so delicious. And Raita says, oh, well, these are vegetables that I grow on my farm, and that's why. Like, they're so delicious. Like, I grow the vegetables, I cook the vegetables. Like, it's the best thing you've ever had. Like, because I, I think he says because I grow them with love. If he doesn't, he says it in his heart. So we cut to a daydream where Kauri is thinking about, like, you know, making delicious food and, like, serving it to Ryu on, like, a picnic yeah. in a field. Yeah, she's super into it. She serves him, um, it's just like a, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a rice ball wrapped in, with like a seaweed wrapper. And like, dude, I don't get that dish. Like, I like Japanese food insofar as one can enjoy Japanese food while not digging fish, uh, which I know makes very little sense. But like, the parts of Japanese food that aren't fish, I'm super into. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I love rice. Like, I really like rice. And it's just like a cold ball of rice. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's something inside of it. I have no idea. I have no idea. If, if somebody knows, hit us up. Because if people love food, I want to love that food too. I want to enjoy that with them. Okay, so, so we, we pull out of the daydream. And Kauri, who is still thinking about Ryu, is like, oh man, I wish that Ryu uh, and the others could have come with us. And Raita says, he says something about it being, it's Golden Week? Yeah, it's Golden Week, which I've just looked up. And Golden Week uh, is a collection of four national holidays within seven days. The combination uh, with well-placed weekends, the Golden Week becomes one of the Japan's three busiest holiday seasons besides New Year's huh. and Oban Week, which I don't know what that is either. But that is Golden either. Week. 
Okay, right on. So it's like it's like party festival week, which is maybe why. Okay, so because the, what they're doing is they're going out to Rita's farm, uh, and to like visit his hometown. We do see. Oh, I forgot to say this by the way. In the establishing shot of like this idyllic countryside, we do see like the mud pit where Rita won that mud race. Yes, as a child. we do. Like they do include that for us, which is awesome. So, so Kari says, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rita says, well, it's Rita's Golden Week. They probably all have better things to do. But you said you wanted to go out and see the, the countryside. So, like, you know, this will be great. So as they're on the bus, the bus goes into a tunnel and the lights start, like, flickering on and off. Uh, we hear in the background. So then they're in the tunnel, so it's dark. Then they hear in the background someone, like, yells for help. They're like, no, no, stop. Like, what are you doing? Something, something, something. And then the cries stop, and they exit the tunnel, and there is just a suit of clothes where this dude was, and the dude is gone, but there is just a bunch of, like, soap bubbles. Just foam. Yeah, like, his his clothes are still there, but his body has been transformed into foam. Uh, and they go over, <laughs> like... This man has been transformed into foam. Okay, no, that's like, not what oh, they say okay. at first. What they say at first is like, this man has been murdered, but they're not looking at a corpse. They're looking at an empty suit of clothes with foam, and their first thought was murdered, and it isn't until like the second or third thought, they're like, oh, wait, no, this is weird. Maybe it, this is a Vyram thing. <laughs> like, why was that not their first thought? Dude, there is... Okay, we're actually going to get to this in a little bit. So I'm going to leave it be for now. But uh, they're like, yes, this dude has been dissolved. And my notes just say, is this a closed room murder mystery? Uh, and then, yes. Yes, it absolute, that's absolutely what it is. Uh, so everybody kind of looks a little suspicious. And there's one woman who sort of like leans back in her chair and puts her sunglasses on very ominously. And then there's another dude... Like a businessman-looking kind of guy. Okay, so there's a few people on the yeah, bus. Yeah, so we've got, Let's just establish we've got the this. lady with the sunglasses. Right. So there's Kauri and Raita, obviously. Sunglasses lady. Uh, business then, dude. Like, business dude? Like gangster dude? Yeah, so like gangster shifty guy. Like black right. pinstripe suit, guy. red shirt, like knockoff right. Oakley sunglasses. Um, old guy and bus driver. And those are the people that are on the bus. And then there was, like, another guy who, like, we don't remember because he got dissolved into phone, like, immediately. So everybody looks around, and I think for some reason they suspect business guy uh, who, like, vehemently denies involvement. Uh, we cut real quick to uh, the Viram dimension where Tran is, like, laughing at them, saying, like, aha, now I will show you, like, fear, and it will be yeah. cool or something. Which <laughs> is... Which I guess is just to establish that, yes, in fact, if you haven't been able to figure right. it out from the transformation of a human body into soap bubbles, this is a Viram plot. <laughs> right. This is not a standard murder. So the bus, like, stops, and everybody is, the people are sort of yelling. They're like, we got to get off this bus. One of us is a murderer. But then the old man stands up, and he stops everyone from leaving. He says, nobody leaves the bus. We're going to the police station so you can all get questioned. And he pulls out his uh, ID, and he's a policeman. Right. So now that someone has been murdered, everyone on the bus is a suspect. And so they have to go in for questioning. 
Right. Real quickly. So Kauri and Raita are like, they had been discussing like kind of quietly and quickly among themselves. Like, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the cop, he says like, no one's leaving. I'm a police officer. And Raita and Kauri, superheroes. I think Kauri turns to Raita and is just like, oh, thank goodness. There's a police officer here. And then they start to question, well, and this actually might be a little later, they start questioning whether or not he actually is a police officer. They do wonder about that. My question is, like, Kauri Raita, what would you guys have done if there was no cop? Like, you clearly, like, they obviously, they're like, yeah, this is definitely the Viram. But I don't, under, like, their first move is not just, like, cross-change. Like, all right, who's the Viram? Right, it's time to I punch feel like something. Right, like, someone's getting jacked. Do they... Can they sense the Virum? I feel like they should be able to do that. I mean, it feels like, like that they would should be, very be able useful. to, but I think this episode pretty clearly says that they cannot, because if they did, this would be a very <laughs> yeah, short no. episode. Good point. Uh, okay, so everybody sits back down. The cop sits right behind the driver, and he has like a brief conversation in which we find out that, of course, like, of course... This police officer is one day away from retirement. Not one year. One day. He is yeah, currently like, on his very last case. And as he soon as he's done bus. with that, he is retiring. Right. <laughs> so, of course, he will almost definitely die. Uh, and he says this when he's talking to the bus driver. The bus driver, by the way, is wearing, like, a surgical mask. Yeah. And claims that he is ill and that he doesn't want to get anybody else sick. Right. Uh, this, by the way, looks super shifty. In case you cannot yeah, already guess. My notes guess. actually just say, uh, okay, it is clearly the bus driver. Oh, so then, so the cop is having this conversation, and then he hears yelling behind him, and uh, gangster guy has pulled out a switchblade and is, like, holding the girl hostage and is like, I'm getting off this bus like, I'm not getting murdered. Which, first of all, dude, way to protest your innocence by literally holding another human being hostage with the switchblade that you happen to have. Yeah, bad plan. However, good instincts, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, things actually would go a lot better for him if he did manage to get off the bus uh, because they hit another tunnel. Yeah, Raita manages and... to stop him by, like, punching him clear to the back of the bus. And as he does so, <laughs> right. like, they enter the tunnel, and when they come out on the other side, of course, Switchblade Dude has been foamerized. Foamerized? <laughs> We've got to come up with a really good verb for this. Befoamed? Foamified? He is befoamed. He is enfoamed? I'm not sure. Foamerized? There's a lot. There's, we could go a anyway, lot of places he with dead. this. Right, yeah. He's super dead, uh, unless he can exist as, like, a foam-based life form. So... So I think it's clearly the bus driver at this point. Uh, Kauri, like, people start accusing each other. They're like, oh, it was you. Like, you must be the murderer. Like, blah, blah, blah. And Kauri says, she's like, this is no time to start accusing each other. Like, we have to stick together. Kauri, this is exactly the time to start accusing each other. One of you is a murderer slash horrifying dimensional monster. There's literally, like, no better time to accuse people. And then Raita gets the bright idea, like, oh, we are two members of a five-person superhero team. Let's call the other three members. And Kauri, right. 
I, I have seen this episode twice. I still don't know why. It says, oh, no, no, that won't help. We need to figure right. out who the virum is. Like, why would like why wouldn't it help? Why wouldn't having like three help. trusted superhero teammates show up to help you be a good thing? How could it's that just sort of stated as a fact that help. it won't help, and then they move on. <laughs> this is like the dumbest moment in this episode. Uh, okay, so we shift over to the virum dimension again. And uh, all we just all we have is Tran, like the video game kid commander, just kind of laughing. It's just, it's just him, uh, just having some chuckles. And I can't believe the they haven't figured it out yet. What idiots! Yeah. So we. <laughs> That's just this part. He's like, I can't believe they haven't figured it out yet. It's as though it's like he wants them to figure it out. It's like, Tran, shouldn't she be... Maybe he's laughing with delight, I guess. So we cut back to the buzz, and Kauri and Raita are, like, talking quietly between each other. And the the lady who is sitting behind them, like, jumps over the seat. Oh, by the way, like, there was a montage shot of literally everyone but Kauri and Raita on the bus either smoking or drinking something. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's mostly smoking, but the lady who is behind them is straight up pounding on a flask. Like... So by the time like, she like leans over the chair, she is visibly drunk. And she says, oh, are you two lovers? And Kari's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're like, absolutely not. Which, first of all, Kari, like, I get it. You guys aren't. But maybe don't be so quick to just like straight up dismiss the possibility. That anyone could love Raita. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Um, Why don't you just be like, oh no, I can see how you would think that, because Raita's a handsome man, but we're we're just friends, as opposed to like quickly and vehemently protesting. So she like flops back onto her seat and she's like, ah, that's good. Like you should never fall in love. Like I, I fall in never love sometimes. Never give yourself to anyone. And I always get dumped and it's terrible. And like, I, I, is this when she starts crying? Uh, no, not yet. No, maybe she is. Uh, and Raita and Kauri, like, very reasonably, like, turn away from this strange woman. And Raita's like, this is no good. What are we going to do? Aside from, you know, Raita turn into superheroes and, like, solve the problem. Oh, by the way, I don't think we've um, mentioned it yet, but Raita throughout this whole thing is not responding to this stress very well. Like, he is freaking out. Uh, super hard. He is all, he, like, he's starting to blame Kauri for their being in this situation. Like, if you hadn't wanted to go see the country, we would be, like, safe back at Sky Camp. Yeah! Which, again, Raita, you're putting your life on the line on, like, a minimum, a weekly basis. I don't see why this is such a big deal. But Kauri turns it around and she says, she's like, hey, like, buck up. Self-pity won't help us. We are warriors. Right, it's like, yeah, but we don't know we're supposed to fight. So Raita, strong in spirit, but uh, confused easily? I'm not sure. So yeah, he's just, he kind of mopes his way out of this. So so that's when we get back to the drunk lady. And the drunk lady kind of interrupts their conversation again and says, I always get dumped. And they're driving over like a bridge. Oh, that's right. They hit a bump, right? Yeah, and something falls out of her purse. It's like some pills. Yeah, and so Raita grabs them, hands them back to this lady, 
And she says, oh, I won't need those anymore. And while she's saying this, they're driving over a bridge. And she says, plenty of women have taken sleeping pills just before they jumped off this bridge. That's why I was on this bus. Because I was coming here to, like, to commit suicide. Yeah, like, I, I have given up on life. Like Love has been hard. I don't know what to do. I was going to take these pills and jump into the lake. Which... Dude, Jetman. Seriously, like, this is a kid's show. Uh, but then she says, but it's okay. I don't need them anymore. And for a brief moment, you think like, oh, good. She has decided to continue living. Yeah. But that's not what's happening. No, she has given up on suicide since she is clearly going to be murdered. Like, that's her new plan. Just wait until she's foamerized. I think foamerized was a good word. I think we made the right call there. Yeah, let's stick with foamerized. So, yeah, her new plan is suicide by virum foamerization. And she is starting to, like, crack up. Like I, like, I think she's starting to, like, laugh at herself a little bit. The business guy is like, well, how could that happen? Because clearly you're the murderer. Then they start to get into a shouting match. Right. Then all of a sudden, the bus stops. The bus driver, like, runs out and is trying to jump off the bridge. But the old guy, who is a cop, remember, like, chases him and, like, drags him down and arrests him. Because it turns out that the bus driver, like, remember he said, the cop got on the bus... For, like, in order to do his last job, which it turns out was to arrest the bus driver because he was, like, a bank robber slash murderer, and this was, like, the policeman's final job was to arrest that dude. Yeah, apparently the guy had, like, done, had murdered somebody six years ago and had disappeared, and they finally tracked him down, and so the cop was going to, like, finish up this last case, and so he's like, okay, I've now arrested you for bank robbery and murder, and everyone says, okay, so this is the guy. He's the murderer. Right. This clearly said, and then business guy, he's like, people sell their soul to evil. This guy sold his soul to the Virum. Uh, what, can you do that? Like, is that a thing? I don't think that's a thing. I think this dude is just making this up. I'm going to go ahead and keep thinking that because that's like a real disturbing concept that <laughs> the Virum have like that degree of, like, evil power. I mean, to uh, be fair, that is something that happened in Die Ranger, but I don't think it's something that is happening in Jetman. Yeah, well, in Die Ranger, it makes maybe a little more sense because they're, like, weird, like, mythological monsters, whereas in Die Ranger, they're just, like, aliens. Jetman, you mean. Or, yeah, uh, Jetman, so sorry. They're, like, weird dimensional they, aliens. They drag him back, and they the cop handcuffs him to the steering wheel because, of course, he's the bus driver. He's still got to drive the bus. <laughs> This is amazing, right? He's like, oh, yeah, but we do still need this guy to drive the bus. Despite the fact that this dude was trying to jump off of a bridge to avoid getting arrested, why would you then let him drive the bus? Maybe nobody else knows how to drive stick? I really don't know. It does not make a lot of sense. it just... It can't be that... Like, listen, I wouldn't drive a bus like casually because i know it's like a whole new it's like a different skill set of driving but if it was between me and like a murderer slash bank robber like i'd go ahead and take the wheel i think i could handle that anyway so they 
they keep driving. They approach a tunnel. Now. Which, again, maybe just avoid tunnels. So everyone starts to freak out, except for uh, the lady who is, like, laughing and saying, yes, please kill me. Yeah, she is turning the creep factor up to 11. Uh, they, the rest of them have decided that if they all hold hands... This is actually a good plan on Kaori's part. And, like, even though it's dark and so we can't see each other, like, if we're all holding hands, then whoever is doing the murdering can't do more murdering. Because presumably you need your hands to fomerize someone? Sure, why not? I don't know why you would necessarily assume that, but sure. So they go through the tunnel... They, and, and as they come out on the uh, other side, it looks like their plan has worked. Everyone is still holding hands, and the lady is still sitting in the back seat. They're like, oh, cool. But then she starts freaking out, and she points up ahead. And in fact, the driver has been fomerized. So you may ask yourself, with the driver fomerized, who's driving the bus? Oh, my God, Bear is driving. How can that be? And the answer is that the bus is driving the bus. Right. So the bus itself is bus dimension. Bus updates. Which makes way more sense than like anything that actually, like in retrospect, than anything the Rangers had suggested before. And like, I really love this seen... because it's like a closed room murder mystery bottle episode, but the solution to it is such a super sentai thing. It's like, okay, we've all been <laughs> locked in this room and we keep getting murdered and we've got to figure out who it is. And the answer is that it's, of course, it's an evil bus that's turning people into foam. <laughs> I never can tell you into this show. Uh, okay. So it's, it's like the it bus driver. Into thinking it's going to be like a murder mystery, and then at the end, it's just you know, of course, it's a giant evil bus. I love it. I love it so much. It's a <laughs> listen. This is a weird episode. Like a, I mean, we've discussed it. Like it's weird and dark and uh, like all the like not all of the characters are really in it. It's mostly just a Kauri and Raita episode. But yeah, sort of that like super obvious turn that for some reason I didn't expect when I first watched it made me like really like this one. Um, okay. So the bus dimension is driving itself and it like it it's going down the road and it like a car turns and it kind of drives that other car off the road. And then once that happens, it sort of comes to a stop and then it transforms into bus dimension. Like sort of. It does it. There's like a two tier. Yeah. There's like a two stage transformation here. And it's the same sort of transformation we saw with apartment complex dimension. Right. So it's right now it's just a bus, but it also has like tentacles all inside of it. And it's got like a big mouth on the front. Yeah. And so everybody is trying to get out of the bus, like, away from the tentacles that are, like, killing, attacking, like, grabbing people. Um, The guy in the car comes out. This is the amazing part. This dude has, this dude has got some stones because he gets driven off the road by a bus. He gets out of his car watches the bus transform into, like, a horrifying, betentacled monster, 
and then <laughs> runs up to the bus and starts like pounding on it and yelling like, hey, watch out. Didn't you see me? And at that point, like, you just, like, that guy's road rage is so all-encompassing that he would rather <laughs> shout at an evil bus demon than, like, stay well enough away or just get in his car and leave. That was another option Yeah, like, dude, you can escape from the situation immediately. He does not do that. Uh, predictably, he does, like, he just gets foamerized. Uh, but while that is happening, everyone else is sort of able to escape the bus. Uh, like, Kauri cross-changes, of... she chops some tentacles, okay, gets yeah. Raita free. So at this point, the bus is empty. So uh, as soon as they get out of... Like, as soon as the bus is empty, the bus immediately transforms into a giant... And now it's like the full-on bus dimension with, like, arms and legs and everything. And it's kind of... I'm trying to think of how to describe this, because, like... The the head face of it is like the front of the bus, and then the yeah, bus sort of like, like curves back along the back of the monster. Yeah, it's like the bus itself is his face, neck, and torso, all kind of like coming up and curving forward towards the face, and then it has like arms and legs, and weirdly, it has tentacles like like that come out of the headlights. Yeah, I I, I don't know why. Um, and then it's got like a weird, like it does have, it has wheels on its knees, which is pretty cool. Uh, but then it's got like a weird, like clampy hand. I can never get a good look at that clampy hand to figure out what exactly. Yeah. I have no idea where there's a clampy hand. There is, but his other hand is just like a hand. I don't, I mean, whatever. Uh, so it's got a clampy hand and like headlight tentacles. So now, now it is finally time to call in the rest of the jet men. And we see right. them doing whatever they were doing. Like, uh, I forget what the uh, Ryu and Guy were doing. Akko is, like, walking down the street holding, like, a shopping bag full of stuffed animals, I think. Well, it's Golden Week. She was doing a little uh, little holiday shopping. That makes sense. But, yeah, so the call goes out. It's a very mask-like sequence. Like, everybody's just kind of out doing MASK, Mobile Armored Strike Command. Uh, style sequence like everybody's just kind of off doing their thing they all get the call and then you know right it's superhero time it's superhero time so they end up in a quarry of course and there are for reasons i'm not totally sure rocks falling off the edge of the cliff like giant foam well, rocks i think, I think it's one of those things like a giant, giant monster is stomping around and so all the loose rocks uh, are just falling because okay. otherwise you know, this is a evil bus that can both turn people into foam and summon landslides and that that might that is a bridge too far yeah so i don't know why that is my line but but that's crazy right so i was watching these giant foam rocks fall matt and i asked myself this question why is there not a super sentai larp like why isn't that a thing like rent out a quarry somewhere and give people super sentai costumes and, like, throw giant rocks at them. Uh, I'm going to say that that is not a thing, because most people who LARP, myself included, would not look super great in a Super Sentai-like spandex outfit. Ooh. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, yep. um, there is a landslide. They're trying to live. Uh, the woman, by the way, has now decided, that now that she is faced with death, she has decided, like, oh, this is not what I wanted at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really miscalculated. 
Uh, so Kauri is like like protecting her from the falling rocks. Yeah. And then she gets up and Kauri says like, Raita, you get everyone away and I will like try and distract the monster, which actually works pretty well. Like everyone else hustles away and Kauri's like waving her hands around and like, hey, hey, over here. Uh, but she gets picked up like King Kong style. Like it's big enough to just hold her in its hand. <laughs> So there's two amazing shots here. Okay. So the first, so the first is that we have like just the actress Kauri, like well whoever is in the costume, and she is like jumping around on the ground, and a they just built a giant virum sized hand to like reach in from off screen and grab at her. It's incredible. Like they just built an eight foot tall hand. Which is awesome. Like semi-articulated as well, because like it sort of closes around her. Right, like its fingers move a little bit. Like it was, it's a pretty, pretty rad prop. And then uh, to complete the then illusion, <laughs> they cut to like a shot of the bus dimension, like as a giant. Uh, but of course, he's not <laughs> a real is. giant, and so the way they just have him like holding a cowrie action figure. It is just very obviously a toy. It's got its like hands up in that sort of stiff way that only that an action figure has its arms up, you know. Uh, so that's amazing. It is amazing. And so the other jetmen arrive in their jet machines, and uh, you know, so the other the the civilians are away. They get. Kauri and Raita up into their jet machines. Well, what's great is that uh, the bus dimension goes to like throw. Kauri, he's like, aha, I have you now, I'll just throw you against the ground. But somehow has forgotten that these bird-themed superpowers, like superheroes, have the ability to fly. Like, I don't know if he <laughs> just, like, this is his first time hearing about the Jetman, but he's like, I've got you, now I will throw you away. And she just flies off and joins the Jetman in their machines. Yeah, so everything's just totally fine. So they decide immediately, they're like, okay... Let's do it, uh, you know, form Jet Icarus. Scramble wing. And then yeah. we get a new addition to the show that I had forgotten, and I'm not sure that we get again. I'm, I'll be really bummed out if we don't. That will be a real shame. Because what happens is that for a, just this episode at first, uh, Jet Icarus has its own theme song. Yeah, like most of it is in Japanese, and it wasn't translated in the dub we were, or the sub we were watching, so I'm not sure what it was. But some of the words were in English, which were like Jet Icarus, Scramble Wing, something else. So it's this whole like weird, jazzy transformation song, and it's awesome. Yeah, and they're just, <laughs> just going on about, I wish I knew the rest of the words to this song. Because, yeah, they're just going on about, like, Jet Machines and Jet Icarus. Uh, and then they finish the song, and, like, Jet Icarus is, like, posing. I'm really hoping for a good fight. And Chojin Sentai Jetman does not disappoint. This is, I think, easily the best Jet Icarus fight we've seen. At least in a while. Because remember, the last couple of episodes had, like, really sort of crummy Jet Icarus fights. Yeah, they were dumb. But this one is good. Okay, so first, so it's now it's Jet Icarus, Jet Icarus versus Bus Dimension. They're like trading shots back and forth. They're like jumping around. Jet Icarus is throwing like a couple of like fast backhands. Uh, Jet or Bus Dimension manages to 
do something with his like tentacles. Like he grabs them like a lasso and like wraps it around like a lasso slash whip and wraps it around Jet Icarus. Uh, and then he like electrifies the tentacle somehow. I'm not really sure what's going on there. And so Jedricus is sort of tied up. And to get free, they summon a brand new toy uh, that you can buy, I'm sure. Uh, where Jet Icarus sure. now just has like a knife. Like it's not the Bradonic Saber. It is just like a big shiv that he summons and then throws. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he just calls jet. It's a jet dagger. Uh, so he just hucks the jet dagger at him, and then it's just sticking out of Bust Dimension's chest, which gets him to let go. Which is awesome. So then, you know, now that they've got a now that they've got a moment, they Bradonic Saber, and then, you know, yeah, it. I like mean that Bradonic Saber, Saber is the end. Although I'm pretty sure that there is like a long car horn going in the background oh, as really? Bus Dimension is going down. That is down. awesome. I must have missed that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's it for the fight. We cut back down to the ground and a new bus is arriving to pick up the survivors from the first bus. Uh, and they're all getting on and they're all saying, hey, thank you so much for saving us. Uh, the lady like, leans out the window and says, Kauri, thank you, I'm gonna start all over, like, I'm gonna, you know, live my life, and it's gonna be great, and, like, she has clearly turned things around. Yeah, like, things are, like, I'm gonna go and live, and, like, you know, this isn't the end for me, which is awesome. So, uh, and then Raita, like, apologizes to Kauri. For, like, totally freaking out on her. Which, like, I get it. All right. Uh, and Carrie's like, no, like, I get it. It was, like, a really weird situation. I, I understand that, that you know, thing will, things will, that would be, you know, anybody would be weird about that. That's cool. I get it. I mean, she says that, but she was not weird about it. So she's like, I understand why other people who weren't as together could be weird about that. Clearly it didn't happen <laughs> She's to like, me, I but, uh, killed it. It's cool. We're pals. Yeah, she, I was amazing. And then that's like... That's pretty much it. Ryu then suggests that they all oh, go visit right, yeah. Raita's hometown. And everyone seems really into it. Except Guy, who like does go along with them. But while Ryu is suggesting it, the look on Guy's face is like, Oh, I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? Like, it is it's too like, late uh, for me to say goodbye and go home and enjoy the rest of my holiday. <laughs> I now have to spend, like, golden week on a farm near a mud pit. Right. Uh, but then, like, when everybody else starts walking away, he follows them, and, uh, and you know, like, he, he's kind of smiling, I guess, so. And that's it. That is the end of episode 12, Hellbound Bus. Dave, what is your high point of the week? I think my high point, I think it's got to be the foamerization. It's just such a weird, like, I get it. They're like, okay, we want to clearly show that the person is, like, has died. They haven't just been, like, teleported away. But also, we they at least got as far as maybe, like, let's not show an actual corpse. Right, because the thing is, they're on all our children's on the television show. So they could, like, the right. corpses would have just been, like, piled up in the back of the bus by the end. Right. So it was actually a pretty clever workaround. Uh, and just such a, yeah, sure, 
foam. Just turn them into foam. Let's do that. Awesome. So, yeah, I think that's my that's my high point. How about you, man? Man, a couple of things. Um, I kind of wanted to say that like that jazzy transformation song for Jedi Chris, uh, but I'm going to go with the fact that like the closed room in the closed room murder mystery, the murderer was the room. Like it's just <laughs> such a beautiful thing that would only happen in a show like this, and it was great. Yeah, this is sort of beautifully and uniquely Super Sentai. Yeah. Which is awesome. So what was your low point? I think my low point... I think my low point has to just be like the introduction of this lady who was going to commit suicide. Because uh, she doesn't like... She doesn't add anything. There's no reason that she had to be on her way to like kill herself. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I, I like the fact that by the end of the episode, like, she has turned things around. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a, a cool, like, hey, never give up hope sort of message. But, like, it was just, like, a weird... It's jarring. A it's really very weird jarring. note. Yeah. Yeah, to have in this Super Sentai show. Uh, so that, I think, was my low I point. I think, you know, that's going to be my strange... low point, too. Because other than that, this is a really great episode. And one that I would really recommend to anybody... Um, who is, you know, Yo. interested in this sort of show. But that kind of makes it weird. Yeah. Just, I mean, obviously it's not like a common thing, right? Because we've gotten through at least one full season to show and everything's been fine. Uh, it's just like a weird thing. I, yeah, I don't have jokes about it. It was just weird. So, uh, so that's it from us. Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of The Jet Man with a Golden Gun. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us or uh, get updates on future episodes, we're on Twitter at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.